Hey guys, Valerie V. We are live on Facebook. Hope everybody's doing well. Valerie V. Show for Wednesday. Um, and today we are going to interview Greg Mazza with Home Care Breakthrough Solutions. Hey, I'm gonna. I mean, you know what? I'm gonna turn on. Uh, let's see. We're gonna turn on some of our. Uh, we had some people who are commenting already, waiting for you to come on live. Woo! <laughs> and we're here, so that's awesome. So, Greg, I have a few questions for you. So we're going to try, and we have been doing a pretty good job of getting experts on our show who do not do what I do, and I don't do what you do. So we're going to interview you, and you can tell us all about the things that home care agencies need to know. So first of all. Thank you for having me, first of all. Thank you. Hey, no problem. I'm glad we could could get it together for this one. It's been a technical uh, difficulty if day. If only we could share everything that's transpired over the last hour. Uh, <laughs> poor Greg. He's a newbie, and it's okay. We're, we're, he's going to be an expert at all of this pretty yeah. soon. So, all right, we'll start with this way. So I know you sold your home care business, and yes, now yes. you coach home care owners how to grow and scale their business. So tell us a little about why you jumped into coaching and consulting. Uh, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, so we... Let me lower this because I'm getting some feedback. But we, uh, I owned a healthcare business for 10 years. Um, you know, the first four or five years in business um, was painful. It was painful. Um, I thought I knew what I was doing. Uh, we owned a franchise and, and uh, I actually thought, like with the prior sales experience that I had, that I could just all of a sudden just jump right in and make it work. And um, quite honestly, the first few years was like drinking from a fire hose and then um, we got to a point where we literally almost ran out of capital in our business um, or cash flow. And we put everything, you know, we put everything that we had into the business and um, was really on the verge of losing everything. Um, so it was really quite stressful, it created a lot of strain on our relationship. Um, my wife and I uh, couldn't separate business and, and work. It was just like all blending together, add to it that we had a new baby, a second one on the way. And it was just like, whew. <clears throat> So over the next 12 months, you know, I, I realized I finally was able to push my ego aside and I realized I don't know all the answers, you know, and, and because I was in a newer franchise system at the time, it's like there were bits and pieces that they can help me with, but it was really, it's on me. It was my business. Um, and I had to figure out how to make it work. So I started learning from people who quite honestly were way smarter than me, just way more advanced from like sales, marketing, strategy, those types of things, mostly outside of the industry. Um, over the next 12 months, we were able to increase over a million dollars in revenue um, in our business. And it created freedom for us. <laughs> you know, it got us to a point where, um, you know, we can start building out our team uh, and, and really start to delegate responsibilities because, Everyone's numbers are going to be different, but when you're under like a million and a half, two million dollars in revenue, most people are in a business that's running them. Yeah, I, and and that was just the case for me, especially in home care because it's it's a lower margin business. Um, so really, it's like we were everything, and yeah, we had some team members, but it was still so stressful. So we finally got to a place where we can build out our team, um, and then over the next couple of years. Um, we started to um, build some systems in place and really got to a point where 
um, when we had our third child, I was able to take eight months off from the business and, and I didn't have to worry because we had that consistency of referrals coming in, whether it was me or one of my salespeople. Um, and it really changed the dynamic of my life. And um, unfortunately, I still have friends that have been in business seven, eight, 10, 12 years that um, quite frankly are close to filing bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> when we sold the business, we sold the business to switch going for my daughter. I've got four now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not going to get into the details of it, but we moved out of state. Um, and uh, now my intention and my hope is that I can help people avoid some of the pain and some of the mistakes that so many home care owners make when it comes to growing their business. And, uh, you know, I don't wish upon anyone. I mean, I love home care and I love what we're able to do and be able to be being able to help people, you know, especially in a time where um, they're probably their most vulnerable time in their life and they're losing their independence and, um, you know, there's resistance that happens there because they don't want to lose their independence. So for us to be able to go in, provide some additional support and, and help them really regain some independence because now they have people that can take them out, they can do things, they can eat the foods that they want to eat, um, you know, help with bathing. It really gives them a sense of dignity. Um, so for me, when it comes to the business side of it, I want to be able to help home care owners get to a place in their business where they don't have to stress and worry about, my gosh, am I going to lose? You know, if I lose that 24-7 case, I don't know how we're going to make it up. You know, I, I just don't know how we're going to make it up. And, and that's a very, very stressful place to be in. Um, I know how stressful it was for me. So my hope is really to help people um, shortcut their success or for some folks have had had the taste of success, but then lost it because the markets become a lot more competitive. So by doing what I do, I really give people, you know, some freedom and options in their business and, and, and help alleviate some stress. Um, so that's that's really why I got into doing what I do now. Great. Well, that's, you know what, uh, and I can't, you're, you're exactly right. I can't tell you how many home care agencies, you know, we've been doing this 10 years and people have come and gone in those 10 years. Yeah. It's an amazing, I mean, they don't leave our services because they leave our services. They leave our services because they leave the business. Right. Um, they just couldn't make it or, or, I mean, some people retire happily and right. that's great. Right. Uh, but uh, we have had so many that have, you know, their, their intentions and their passion for it are so great. And it is so stressful sometimes. I mean, I think for everybody, no matter what business you start, but home care in particular, I mean, you have to have a real calling for that, I think. And and to not be able to continue it is, is rough. So, so has having said all of that, what are the biggest mistakes (laughs) you see home care owners making when it comes to growing revenue with referral marketing? Um, that's a great question. I mean, for me, I kind of, you know, as I think about it, there's definitely mistakes. And then there's what I call like these, these painful experiences or the things that they're struggling with. One is not having that consistency of referrals because, you know, you have two, one week, I mean, one, another week, five, zero, zero, that piece can be very stressful. And there's, I'm not saying that there's not going to be fluctuations because there will be, um, but when your baseline of fluctuation, when your averages are at a sustainable point, you don't worry about the, Hey, I had a one week and cause the next week you can have 10 or 15. So I think it's not having consistency of referrals, you know, the bigger picture, 
a, a lot more competition, right? You have um, big investment groups that have gotten into the industry because what? You got the baby boomer population and, and you know, where the, in their mind where the money is, that's where they want to go. So they think that they can get into the healthcare business and some of them can successfully, but you have a lot more investment groups that are investing into this space. You have now home health agencies or Medicare home health agencies that realize like, hey, why not add a private duty component? So that's happening. A lot of your larger companies are starting to do that, like Kindred and, and some of the others. Um, and <clears throat> what's also happening is that um, a lot of home care owners, they just don't have the time or make the time to consistently market their business. And, and that's a challenge, right? You know, and, and it's so easy. And, and I, I was... Um, you know, I struggle with this at times too. Like when I told my office, like if I'm in here, kick me out. <laughs> like the, I should not be in this office. And and part of it is a little bit of call reluctance. Um, you know, part of it is some people really don't like to sell. They don't like to be out there. They don't like rejection. And, and you know, I, me too. You know, I honestly, even though I've been selling for a long time, one of my first real sales jobs was selling above ground pools. And I'm not joking when I say this, like, there were times where I would excuse myself from the sales floor, literally go into the bathroom, start crying, right? Because the 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 sales approach that they had made me uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. I would go in the bathroom, cry, and then come back out. And this happened repeatedly. Uh, people asked me, why didn't you quit? I was like, one, I needed the money because this was way back in college. And two, my mom told me, like, don't ever quit. Um, so... Mm -hmm. That is why I continue to do it, but not everyone's cut out to sell. So, sorry, I'm just plugging in my phone so that my battery doesn't die. And I have another technical um, <laughs> challenge. Oh, God. Yeah, we don't need more. Um, so that, those are kind of the, the overarching things. The, the, the problems are that, um, you know, when you talk about, like, really having a successful home care business, there's some, some key components that truly are critical to the success of your business. Um, and one of those is differentiation. When you're out marketing, if you do not have some form of differentiation, if you don't have some way to uh, effectively stand out from your competition, not only are your referral sources, but your prospects are going to look like look at you as if you're like everybody else, right? And I can guarantee you the people listening here, not everyone's got the same price. And what happens is when there's no differentiation, the only thing that people are going to look at is what's your price? How much do you charge? Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a good strategy for that, and more importantly, you can have a good differentiator, but if you don't know how to effectively communicate it, then people are going to feel like you're selling to them. So, and, and like, and, this, and sadly, this is how I was taught to way, 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 way back when, you know, is, um, you know, it's good to have a differentiated yes, and then when you have the chance, make sure they know why you're different. That's awesome, but it's not, because what happens is when you start to talk about, well, we've got a nurse on call 24-7, and uh, we're, we're uh, joint commission accredited, and we're, you know, and our caregivers are the best, Everyone says <laughs> caregivers are the best, right? Of course so, they are. Right, they are. I mean, I, trust me, I love our caregivers, but the reality is, is that folks, how you communicate it makes a difference. Because with, with with sales, if someone feels like they're being sold to, their their shield or their guard starts to go up. Right? Oh yeah. 
And, and we've all been there at some point. Think about the last time you bought like a high ticket item or something. You know, if you ever felt like you're being sold to, you're just like it's this protective mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, so how you communicate it is important. Make sure you do it in a way that's not salesy. And, and we can talk more about that later. Um, another thing is lack of strategy. All right. When people are out marketing their services, and again, this is how most people are taught, and I know this because we were taught this way and a lot of my clients are taught this way, is you know, get out there, just start hitting up the assisted living facilities, the nursing homes, the rehab centers, the hospitals, get in every networking group that you could possibly get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, those things, I'm not saying are bad, they're good, you wanna get out there, but people aren't doing it strategically, right? They, they do what I call the spraying and pray method. It's like, let's put <laughs> my name out there. <laughs> yeah, spray and pray. That's spray. good. And then, Please, can I get a referral? I hope some comes in. You'll, obviously, you'll get some business from it. This is what I was doing the first four years. Like, we were getting some business. Our numbers weren't horrible, um, but it Not wasn't. sustainable. It wasn't sustainable. Exactly. And, and the whole time, I'm a nervous wreck. Like, oh, gosh, if we lose this 24-7 case, like, what do we do? So it's having strategy and knowing, like, who are you calling on and, and the why? There's got to be a good, strong strategy behind it. Um, not really having a strong sales process is another issue that most people have is they don't have a process for selling. And what do I t- mean about that? When you're out marketing, you need to know, you need to be able to pre-qualify your accounts. When you're pre-qualifying accounts, you understand, is this a good referral source? I've talked to so many um, home care owners, and I've done this myself, where I call on an account like months, like hope, all right, this, this should be a good one. And then six months, eight months later, I find out like, we don't truly don't refer private duty or I've been told, um, our administrator, because of liability reasons, we, we don't get involved with that. We let the families just deal with that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'd go there, I'd bring goodies, I'd spend money I'd invest <laughs> time and months of doing this and then realize, Oh my gosh. So really understanding the process and ha- asking the right pre-qualifying questions will help you know, is this a good account? How do we position our services when we do go back and we do present? Um, so this is a really important piece to it. And, you know, I talked a, a, a little bit about this, but when you're on the, when you're out marketing or when you're on the phone with a potential prospect, um, you need to be able to understand how to quickly connect with your referral sources and being likable is great, but there's actually tactics and strategies that you can use to start uh, connecting with your referral sources much more quickly because you don't have a lot of time and you're competing with a lot of other folks. Um, and then my last little piece and then, and then I'll be done with this part, but it's important is <laughs> I, it's, it's understanding the power of leverage, right? And mm-hmm. what do I mean by that? When you really understand how to leverage assets that already exist in your business um, mm-hmm. and relationships that already exist, when you really understand how to fully leverage those things, um, you're going to start to see an accelerated rate of growth in your business and start to tap into all of these different things. It's kind of like, you know, most people have a diving board approach to sales. It's like they do one thing and that's it. You need to start creating an entire platform, right? Internet marketing or online strategy needs to be a piece of that. Direct sales, direct referrals, sales needs to be a piece of that. Strategic alliances and relationships needs to be a piece of that. Um, you know, tapping into, um, you know, your network and there's different ways to do that. All of these things, when you start to create these different platforms within your business, you minimize the risk of what happens if this stops working as well, 
right? You have this awesome referral source, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's not there anymore. They started their own home home care agency, and you're like, all right, now what? <laughs> so when you start to understand how to like literally optimize each one of these areas, you mitigate risk, and then you start to accelerate growth. And, and that's really what, what we teach people how to do is like, how do we take these different opportunities and optimize them so we're getting the most results? And it creates what, um, what I call, and I say I call it, I learned this from some of my mentors like Jay Abraham and Tony Robbins, we call it a multiplier effect, right? Typically, most people think logically like one plus one plus one equals three, and that's true. But when you start to improve your intake call conversions a little bit and the number of referrals you're, you get, and then you get really good and use a company like Valerie's to get good at your online strategy, and then you get good at um, leveraging referral sources um, with your strategic partners, and then you get good at uh, leveraging opportunities with your internal team, your external team. When you start to take each one of these and incrementally improve them, um, instead of one plus one plus one equals three, it becomes like one plus one plus one equals 10 or 20 or 30. Yep. And, and that is how you grow a business. That is how you grow a business. So hope that was helpful to your, your people, but that's. Oh, I'm you know, sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, the biggest question that a lot of our folks. Use, and that is, should a home care owner hire a salesperson or do it themselves? That's a good question. And, and honestly, it depends, right? Depends on, on right. It depends on, on partly on money. Um, you know, when I, this is how I advise people. I, I really believe that to be successful in managing your, your sales team, you need to be out there and have done it yourself as the owner first. Oh, yeah. Um, so this way, when you are managing your team and you're holding them accountable, you know what can be expected, right? Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to manage someone. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's more difficult to manage someone if you haven't been there before. Yeah. If you haven't been in that role, at least know what, what you should be expecting from them. So what happens is you have owners that, you know, and I, trust me, I, I came from sales, but I wanted to be the CEO, right? I wanted to be an owner. <laughs> yeah. And my, my vision was I wanted a business that could run mostly without me, right? Sure, yeah. it, took me, it took me eight years to get there, but a lot of lessons learned along the way when I first started. It's like I hired two salespeople from the start. Um, and this is when we had more resources, you know, soon after that, the market crashed, like I had an equity line, they shut down all equity lines. I don't need to get into the, the details of it. But the point is, is that I hired people early without, I did a little bit of it, but without really knowing, mm -hmm. a, we're going to talk about some of the mistakes that people make without really knowing, you know, how, to hold, right, how, how can I hold them accountable the right way? Because I just didn't have enough information. So I always teach people, do it first, right? Get out there and market first. And the there's I, there's three things, and I, I can speak to this from experience because I literally hired six or seven of the wrong people. <laughs> That's easy to do. Okay. Six, I'm yeah. not joking. Six or seven times I went through this process. So the first few years, I hired like four different people. Then years two through let's say like 
six, I think it was, right after we had that big growth, I did it myself because I, I we were, just didn't have the money, <laughs> right? So I, I did it myself. And then, um, and then year seven, I hired someone incorrectly again, year eight. And my wife's like, listen, if you don't figure this out, like we're not hiring someone again, you know, it's just, it's, we're not going to do it. And I was like, okay. All right. So I started to learn. I, once again, I mean, <laughs> there's a quote that I talk about, like one of the training webinars that I do um, is from Albert Einstein. And I love it. It's like the mind that created the problem is not the same one that can solve it. Yeah. True. And, you know, so it's like when you, <laughs> all these problems like I, i'm we're, we create our own reality whether we realize it or not like we create our own reality so i created all these technical issues today somehow <laughs> somehow but um we create our own reality so i'm i because of my the ego that i had i'm thinking all right i can fix this i've done sales before and the sales that i knew before just didn't work quite the same way in the home care space and some tactics did but not all of it right so with this whole sales hiring process, I ran an entire sales team. I ran a, a mortgage company. I had like 10 or 12 salespeople working for me. I hired them all, all of them, every single one of them. So I'm thinking, all right, I can do this. <laughs> Once again, I could do it. So I started to learn like, all right, how's the right way to do this? And there's three, three core problems. One is most people hire the wrong person to begin with. Most people will start looking for someone who's got industry experience. They're like, I did this. And this is a common practice across a lot of businesses. Let's look for the person that's got the industry experience. They've got the connections. And then we hire them when we realize like they've got friends, but they, they're not bringing in the business. It's not coming. How come it's mm -hmm. not coming? All right. So we look at, you know, the industry experience first. Not all of us, most people do this. And I realized like, all right, one, there's a reason that they're looking, right? Yeah, there's a reason yes. that most of your superstars truly are, their company wants to keep them. Um, not saying you can't find a superstar that's in the industry, you can, it's just very, very rare. Um, so they hire the wrong person. When you're hiring a salesperson, you wanna make sure that you're hiring based on characteristics and traits first. You can teach someone the industry, you cannot teach them to be personable. You cannot teach them to be a closer. You cannot teach them to, to be able to deal with rejection. You know, these are certain characteristics and traits that you really can't teach them. Either they've got it. Now they can evolve into that with maturity, but as a small business owner, we don't have the time for someone. We don't have the time or the resources really for someone to evolve. Like when we make that investment, we kind of need to see a return much more quickly so they hire the wrong person. There's certain types of, per I'm a big believer in personality profiles. There's a certain type of profile that will increase, significantly increase your likelihood of success, right? And, and if they don't fall within that, again, it's not to say they can't be successful, but I can promise you the odds of that are much, much, much lower if they don't have a certain term, type of personality profile. The second issue is that most people don't have a sales system and we've talked a little bit about it before, but it's really important that you do. You've got to have a sales system. You have to know how to pre-qualify accounts. You have to know how to, once you do pre-qualify accounts, well, starts with getting past the gatekeeper, right? There's strategies oh, yeah. and tactics 
and and I say get past the gatekeeper. Truly, it's befriending and building a relationship because they can be a source of so much information that um, you know we don't want to overlook that, right? And and we can build a relationship with them. They they can tell you like when's the best time to come back and. There's other things. Once you know how to do that and you do finally get to the referral source, you have to know how to ask the right questions. And these questions will help position you for when you go back and you do a, your presentation and then reasons to go back. And all of this is based on a model of value-based selling, right? Value-based marketing. Instead of going there and being like, you know, we're not there to make friends. You can make friends and get referrals. So referrals, I promise you that. You can do that. Some people do just the making friends and, and others are just mm -hmm. the, hey, do you have anything for me? And in the middle of that, there's a, I can add value to the relationship. And here's, there's different ways to do that. We're not going to have time to talk about the different tactics for doing that, but there's definitely different ways to add value to the relationship. So this way, instead of, gosh, Greg's here again, great. And trust me, you're saying the same thing. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to say here today? What do I do? So when you really understand, like, from a systematic approach, how, how to go through the sales process, it makes things a lot easier. We're not guessing. We're not trying to figure out what should I be doing. Um, it just becomes so much easier. So when you do that and you have a sales system, you hire someone that has the right characteristics, they have the right traits, and then you teach them the system and you teach them the industry, you can have someone that produces for your company. Yeah. You can have someone that produces for your company. There's one more really, really important piece here, Valerie, and I, I know this again from experience. And what I don't know is I say I hired the wrong person. I may or may not have. I just didn't know because I didn't know exactly was what I was looking for in the beginning. Right? Right. I like They seem likable. I'm going to hire them, right? They seem likable and they've been in the industry. I'm going to hire them. Yeah. Most people do not have a strong accountability system. Oh, yeah. When you are in, when you hire a salesperson, you have to have an accountability system in place. All right. For those of you that uh, I know, inevitably, there's people in my Facebook group or some of my clients that have read the book. It's a great book. There's a book called Traction um, by Gina Wickman. So, for those of you that, that are listening that haven't read it, I encourage you to go read it. It's, it's a really good book. Um, what he teaches is an employee operating system and how to get traction in your business. So we hired a consultant, um, a very expensive one, but <laughs> well worth it when I look back in time uh, to come into our business and, and kind of help us structure some things. And when you, I come, we combine that with an accountability system in our business. Mm -hmm. And when we did that, that was when, that was the time we were finally able to like truly step away from the business and, and hire I'm not hire and, and manage our company based on a set of KPIs or key performance, key performance metrics, mm -hmm. right? And I'm talking mostly about sales, but this really can apply to all positions within the company. Okay. There's usually going to be three to five measurable things that are the most important things. And I'll give you an example for HR or for your recruiter. It's like how many hires, how many interviews per week, how many showed up, how many hires, Right. And you mm -hmm. can take it a step further. We used to track the calls and it was like at the end of the day, I just care about quality hires. So we just keep it simple. The more simple, the better. Right. What, what's the result that I'm looking for with sales? There's certain things that we know 
certain amount of sales calls, certain amount of in-services or CEUs. Like we had a whole sales strategy. So we would, we would manage to those metrics and then we would do weekly meetings to hold them accountable to mm-hmm. go through the process of the KPIs. And it wasn't a beating stick like, you didn't do this. It was like, all right, where are the problems? Where are the gaps? And instead of waiting three months, six months, nine months, you know where the gaps are weekly. Yes. Weekly. Yep. And sure, there might be a couple weeks where referrals are down, but as long mm-hmm. as it's not a trend, you still catch it two weeks, three weeks down the road versus three months, six months down the road, which is what I did in the beginning. Is like, my wife's like, you need to kind of see like, how are they producing? I'm like, well, revenue's gone up a little bit, but the revenue was going up because of some of the things I did, not because of, or some like just some of the brand recognition or even online strategy, like some internet leaks. So the revenue was going up, but I didn't have a good, good, good accountability system in place. And I was like, oh man, you know, we weren't tracking things the right way. And if you don't, if any one of those pieces are missing, your fail rate at hiring salespeople is it's pretty bad. I mean, for, in my experience, no, I haven't done official surveys on this, official ones, but I have. Oh, I'd say you're right. <laughs> I'd say you're right about that. If you don't have accountability, and that's for everything. You're right about that, too. It's not just a salesperson. It's for everything in your business. And on, on my end, hold somebody accountable to make sure that we're receiving their company news. <clears throat> See, yep. We're not. It's either you that needs to be accountable or someone in your organization. Yep. If you don't hold them accountable, nothing happens. Yep. Yep. That's just the reality. Or it yeah. happens once or twice, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, the people that are on this call that come from the corporate world, they probably have a little bit more experience with that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, small business owners, not. And I know there's a lot of people that come from the corporate world and get into this, into the, you know, home care business, which is still totally different in so many ways. But oh, from, yeah. from from the perspective of like truly having success, because I, I would go to our regional meetings and even with our clients, like so I, I would literally go into the room, I'd say, because I was struggling with this and I'd be like, all right, how many people have, like really are happy, feel like you're getting a return on investment on your salesperson? And I sometimes I hate saying, like it makes it so impersonal. Oh, I'm getting a return on investment on my salesperson. But as a business owner, you do have to think oh, that yeah. way. Like, you know, am I getting a return on investment in, in their salary and, you know, their commission structure and whatnot? Inevitably, be like one out of every 10 people would, would raise their hand. Yeah. Which means 90% of the people that had salespeople were not happy or were not getting a return on investment. And you're not a Yeah, it comes down to those three things. I mean, that's just the reality. So for those of you that are like considering hiring a salesperson, Make sure you do that. Like, make sure you have these things in place uh, because it'll make a huge, huge difference in your business. I mean, the cost of a bad hire is way more than what most people think. It It really is. It's such so painful. It is, and I didn't realize like the true, true cost of it. Like, it's like, all right, I got some business, but then you think about like the, the relationships with the referral sources. It doesn't look good when your salesperson's there and then they're not, right? And I've been through this. But anyway, that's that's the last you know piece with that. So hopefully, like for those of you that are ever considering like hiring a salesperson, look at that stuff and and you know, um, I think I did on our YouTube channel. I I I did one video on this. It was really just about the traits to look for in a salesperson. So if you guys Mm -hmm. um, want to 
see the video. I, I give you guys a free uh, like download of like the different traits to look for. Maybe that'll help some people. It's one little piece of it. It doesn't give you the whole like there's really a process for this. Um, and we have a whole training program on it. But at, at the very least, if you're ever considering hiring a salesperson, that one little piece will help you. You can go um, uh, just go look up Home Care Breakthrough Solutions on YouTube and go to our channel. And there's a video on there about um, hiring your next sales superstar or, or the traits for your next sales. Some, something along. I don't remember the title, but maybe that'll help some folks. Okay, so we're we're in and out of time here. We're running out okay. of time. So, how can home care marketers compete in what's becoming an increasingly competitive market? Oh my gosh, everybody is opening a home care agency. I know, I know, and you know, and that that trend will continue, and and you know, the numbers will continue to swell as far as opportunity, but then also um, the competition. So, stay ahead of the curve. You know, what happens is that people do something, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, you know, uh, in the past, and I will never do it again, but you, you get complacent. You think, all right, things are working. I have clients now that have been, been in the industry 20 years, and whatever was working 20 years ago, the one thing that you can guarantee in, in the world and in life is that things will always change. Yeah. Right? They'll always change. And... If you don't continue to up your skills and up your game and, and up your ability to run a business from both a strategic and a tactical approach, if you don't continue to do that, you're going to fall behind. Yeah. Because someone else is going to enter the marketplace. Or, I'm sorry. Some, I, and I, this is true for me, too. There's someone smarter than me. There's someone that has more money than me. There's always going to be someone that has more. And it's not about like, oh, then that means I'm not going to win. You can still win. Uh, you just have to continue to up your own game and continue to reinvest in yourself. Uh, and when you do that, you're going to be ahead of the curve and you're going to get more market share than some of your competition. Um, so that's it. Last piece, like strat learning both the strategy side and the tactics. Like there's for each one of these things that we're talking about, like there's tactics for how to get past the gatekeeper. There's tactics for when you do present to a referral source, what is the right way to present? Right. Something that we teach, I invested $7,500 in a program to learn how to do this way, way long time ago. And I applied it to my business. So when I would go out and do presentations, it would yield results. When you learn how to do like all these little things, it'll make a big difference in, in, um, in your business. So, okay. I'll give you, I'll give uh, if you can make it quick. We have time for just the last uh, question. Uh, okay. Oh. Okay, if someone wants to make a big leap in revenue this year, what would you tell them to do? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I know Run I away. Know. All right. So the, go to the Mexico. thing is, is you just, you have to, if things aren't working, you have to go outside of the box and you have to do things differently. All right. So if, if it's not working the way that you want it, or even if it is working, keep what's working and, and start to look at how you can incrementally improve different areas within your business. Um, and we talked a little bit about it earlier because what happens is when you get, even if you make incremental improvements, you know, you have to understand the average lifetime value of a client in home care is about 12,300 something dollars according to Home Care Pulse. So when you understand that, right, and you start to make investments in your business, like I'm going to learn how to do this and get really good at online marketing. So I'm going to learn from Val. Right. That's one incremental improvement in your business. You say <laughs> when you want to get good at like I want to get good at my intake call conversions. 
you start to learn how to really master that piece, get your team trained. When you start to make these incremental improvements, again, this will create massive growth in your business. Um, but sometimes it requires doing things a little bit differently. So, Great job, Greg Mazza. You have overcome every technical difficulty that could possibly come <laughs> your way today. And you just did a very fabulous interview. Thanks. So thank I you I appreciate much. it. Well, I ho- oh, wait, can I give, sorry, I know we're going to go, but two things. I've got two giveaways and maybe I can, um, so there's two giveaways for your audience. One is I put together a blueprint um, that helped us get to a point in our business where we had over 150 caregivers. So that is uh, www.freehomecareblueprint.com www.freehomecareblueprint.com I'll put that on the screen for you. Awesome. And then number two is I am doing a free training webinar tomorrow tomorrow 5 p.m. Eastern time. So, and this is where I go deeper on some of the strategies on how we grew over a million dollars in revenue in our business. So it's it's same same basic URL, which is www.freehomecareblueprint.com, mm-hmm. but there's a backslash, and then it's webinar-registration. So webinar, a dash, which looks like a minus sign, webinar-registration. Um, so you guys are welcome. It's a totally free webinar. I do, you know, first hour I do teaching, and then at the end of the webinar, for those of you that want to work with me further, um, if you have an interest, um, I put something really special together at the end of the webinar. But even if you don't want that, it's totally cool. Just come get the free information and we're going to get deeper on some of these strategies that we talked about today. So awesome. I, I put it up I there. Over on time. No, you're good. So look at the screen. Can you see freehomecareblueprint.com forward slash webinar dash registration? Oh, or is that correct sure. or not correct? Oh, it's pretty little, huh? I, yeah, I, on the phone, I can't see anything. I'm uh, Okay. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Well, you also can reach Greg Maza at Greg at homecarebreakthrough.com. So and, and the name is G-R-E-G-G. Just had to clarify. There's some Gregs that are just G-R-E-G. Oh, that's so, right. Okay, so Greg G-R-E-G-G. is see his name there on the screen. is It's Greg with two Gs. So it's Greg G, Greg, Greg Gugga at Homecare breakthrough.com homecarebreakthrough.com and I'll put that information with this video and I'll put your free homecareblueprint.com with the video so if folks want to go there and check it out they can do that they don't have to worry about writing all this down all right thank you Greg Maz I appreciate thanks for being on the Valerie B show we'll talk to you again soon bye thanks Valerie bye bye